Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be a fantastic night tonight. I'm so excited to be here. I can't even tell you. Um, I've been waiting for this all week long. The number to call in if you'd like to call in and share tonight is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You know... I, I was all prepared for tonight, and everything was, like, really good. Did you guys just hear that crash? Yeah, that was my water bottle. Um, and I was all excited and getting everything ready. And and I, I earlier, this has a point, earlier today I had posted, I like posting strange questions on my uh, Facebook page for you guys to answer and have fun with. And today the question I posted was um, getting in the mood. And it was, what crazy, interesting, strange, odd, funny, secret writing ritual do you practice before you sit down to write or perhaps do while you are writing? And so as I was getting ready for the show, I started to light this candle. And I thought, you know, wow, that's a weird ritual because I have this this Yankee candle, you know, the ones that come in the jar, the big, deep jar. Uh, it's called, it's a Country Dreams Vanilla Custard can, Yankee thing candle, right, in the jar. And I've had it for a long time, and I, I light it for every show because I like the way it makes the air smell, you know. And so it's, you know, I, it's just one of those things. I don't know why, but every the beginning of every show, I light this candle. But it's getting really low because it's almost gone now. I mean, I've had it for probably I've had this for a year. Uh, but it's really low now, and I can't get the lighter down in there to reach it anymore. So I took a piece of notebook, I took a piece of notebook paper out of my spiral thing here and rolled it up. And I lit it on fire, and I put it down in the candle right to light it, because that way it would get in there and light it. And then I smushed out the fire, threw it away, put my candle over where it needed to be, started working, and all of a sudden I was like, what does that smell? And I set my my <laughs> I set my, my moist paper basket on fire, because I guess I didn't have the, the long wiki stick <laughs> put out enough. I was thinking, geez. So then right, I mean, seconds before the show is getting ready to start, I'm scampering around <laughs> trying to get that all taken care of. The room is full of smoke. That's kind of good, actually, though. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. It just made me laugh. You know, there's my weird, my weird ritual biting me in the butt here right before the show gets started. I have some things to go over real quick. Um, I just want to, I, I kind of wanted to touch on this real quick. I want to thank Melvin Douglas Johnson for sending me the, the coolest gift ever. He sent me a copy of his book, Tears in the Hood, and he has it beautifully personally uh, signed for me. He wrote some stuff in it for me and sent it to me. He also sent me a copy of his CD, All Directions. And I just want to really, really thank him for that. And, and you know, this is like a piece of someone's soul you're holding in your hand. And for him to share that with me, to give this to me as a gift, just it means so much, right? And I just think it's a beautiful thing because I love this man dearly. And I was thinking, you know, what better gift can you give someone 
than literally a piece of their soul, you know, their heart, them. And books make such fantastic gifts. And we're real close to all of our gift-giving holidays, Merry, Happy, Everything, Everyone, uh, all of these things coming up. So if you've got a book, if you've got a CD, you've got something like that, remember my Facebook page is kind of like the cafe's bulletin board. So if you have a link to a book or something like that, uh, put it on my page. Use it to promote yourself. You know, poke your little sign up there that says, yeah, I got a book and it's awesome and whatever. But, you know, just the, the, the beautiful, beautiful feeling it makes me feel holding his book in my hands. I mean, I can read something online, but when it's tangible, when you can feel it, when you hold it, when it has weight, when it has it, you can smell the pages. You know, there's something magic about that. So I, I believe in books. I'm a big believer in in something where if the apocalypse, I, I can take Melvin with me anywhere for the rest of my life now. I don't have to be plugged into the world. I can go out on one of my fossil digs up in the middle of God in the hell knows where, and Melvin can be right there with me. That's the power of books. No, I don't have CD or a, a cell phone reception up there. So, no, I can't have no. books. So, yeah. Pop those over on my page. Let people know what you have going on and support each other as writers. I think that's really important. So with that said, I wanted to, the month's almost gone. Actually, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Uh, I've got some other things I want to do first. I want to remind you that if you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can shoot me a message. Probably on Facebook would be the easiest. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York, Los Angeles, N-Y-L-A, dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And let me know what you want to put together. These can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, pre-recorded, or we can do them live, or it can be a combination of both. You can pre-record them with me live, on a, and I can give you a call, and we can do it like this on a private show, and that will give us the uh, audio file for it. Or if you want to pre-record it on your computer and do some editing and throw in bells and whistles or whatever you want to do and send me the MP3 file, we can do that also. So we can do them live, pre-recorded, or a combination of both by playing the file. All right. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. We all have something to teach, and we all have something to learn from each other. So, you know, whatever it is you want to put it together on, just have fun with it. If you can't think, if you think, oh, God, I'd really love to do that, but I don't know what to do it on, Google it. Writing workshops, writing prompts, writing ideas, writing classes. Look online. Find an idea. It doesn't have to be yours originally. If you do borrow an exercise from somebody, of course, you want to credit them for that. But you don't have to. I mean, you can you can come on here and teach someone's theory on the 74 different forms of haiku poetry, if you want. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that one from. Um, but, yeah, it would be awesome to do that. And we've got some stuff coming up that's going to kind of play into that a little bit as well. Um, because I think that it, it's one thing, just someone coming on and saying, hi, this is Nyla, and I'm going to teach you how not to piss off your muses. You know, who cares? Who in the hell is Nyla? So I was thinking about at the beginning of these, maybe doing um, like a little short interview where I, I want to interview you, get to know you and your work and why you write and what you're passionate about a little bit better, and then go into the workshop part of it. And I think that that will make it much more fulfilling um, for a lot of us, you know, because it's important. We, we spend, you know, we've been here for 13 freaking years, you know, 
it would be a really neat way to get to know some of the people that we've spent the last 13 years with a little bit more intimately, a little more in depth. So that would be a lot of fun. So kind of keep that in mind. I think that's something that we want to start doing as well, uh, just so that, that people know who you are and a little bit about you and can relate to you and, and we can go from there. The next thing I want to do is thank our sponsors, and this is very important because our 2019 broadcasting year is coming to an end soon, and I want to thank all of those who joined together and helped to cover part of the cost for the 2019 license that kept us on the air for the last year, and that's James Wensapian, Sean Gullickson, Rosalind Prentice. John Kays, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael Entz. And uh, just appreciate you guys all so much for stepping up to the plate and helping us take care of those licensing fees for 2019. On behalf of everybody here at the Speakeasy Cafe in our community, I want to tell you thank you for that. Next, make, a, make, a, make sure you have your paper and pencils in front of you. We're going to give you some assignments and some writing prompts. We do this, this at the beginning of every show. So if you're sitting there some night and you're wondering, hmm, I don't know what to write about. Okay, just pull up one of our shows from the last 13 years and 15 minutes uh, into the show and, and any of the shows in the archives, uh, you'll be able to get some ideas and be off and running. You know, it's just your little, little prompt factory. All right, so the one that I'm going to start out with tonight is we've been doing, there's a journal assignments, and everybody last year, actually, for our, one of my New Year's resolution, whatever New Year's assignment for the year was to get a journal and a pen. And the reason I do this is because I think it's really important to hand write things out, just like it's important to be able to hold a book in your hand, to feel the weight of the words, the, the feel of it under your fingertips. You know, I think that it's important to have that connection. I really do. And the same thing with writing. I think it's really important to feel that pen in your hand, to feel the way the tip drags or scratches or flows across as you write. You know, everybody has a favorite pen. That's one of my rituals is, you know, I can't sit down and write until I have my perfect pen. And I buy boxes of them so that they're always around because I won't sit down. And, if, if a pen feels weird on the paper or scratches funny or the color of the ink isn't just right, it bothers me. <laughs> That's my weird thing. And and so, you know, I have the, this pen that I have. So this, it does something to your mind when you sit down and you hand write out on paper as opposed to when you're doing this okay so you know you should have your journal and if you don't then that should be part of new year's for this year is to get your journal and your pen your get a pen you love that's really important <laughs> according to me world right world of writing according to nyla pens are important um and then a journal assignment is something, your journal is never meant to be seen. It's not for popular consumption. It's not for you to show anyone. This is just a place for you to be face-to-face, one-on-one time, real dialogue with yourself, with your brain, with your muses, okay, your safe zone. So w- free writing is really important. And what we're doing is just called ramblings. For, we've been doing that for a couple of weeks now, and we're going to continue to do that for a little bit. But it's really important just to let shit fall out of your head, onto the paper, get it out of the way, because then other things can be found. 
or somewhere in the tossle of things falling out of your ears, you find a ruby, a diamond. You know, so it's really important just to let things spill. So ramblings, it's just right. So I want you to open your journal. And what we've been doing is uh, ramblings, uh, idea starters. So I want you to put your pen to paper. And at the top of the page, I want you to write the words, instead of me. Instead of me. And then just keep going. Write those three words. Instead of me, they picked the, uh, the red-headed girl with freckles in uh, dodgeball in the sixth grade, and I never liked her since, and I met her years later, and blah, 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 blah. Just, it doesn't matter what you write. Just write. Just ramble. All right? So start with the line, instead of me, and go. All right, that's your journal assignment. Your writing exercise. Now, this is something that's not meant to produce a poem or anything necessarily like that. It's meant to push you out of your comfort zone, make you think about things in a way you wouldn't think about them or look at them differently or write about something that you never normally would write about or go somewhere in an idea that you never considered, you know, turning things inside out, upside down backwards and seeing them with a thousand eyes. That's what all the, the writing exercises are supposed to do. They're supposed to make you sweat, make you uncomfortable, make you grow. So your writing assignments are not always something that I make you sit down and write. You know, sometimes your writing assignment is actually doing something because that's important. It's just as important what we do every day that promotes and feeds our creative side as what we actually sit down and write. Okay, it's important. It's important to do actions, to do things. And as I started to talk about at the beginning of the show, how the month has gone so fast, and it's almost the end of the year. And so I really thought about one of the things that I've been working on, but I just let everything get in the way because life for me and my brain is like a merry-go-round with all the horses breaking loose and running in different directions, and they're all shiny and pretty, and I don't know which way to go to follow them. Yeah, so I, it, it, sometimes I get distracted, <laughs> terribly distracted. And I've been working on my book for the last, I, I don't know, three, four years, five years maybe. Um, but that's going to really be, it's really going to be my goal for this next year is to actually get that ready to publish, uh, the one that I've been working on. And it's called Devouring Stars, by the way. But yeah, so that's gonna, you know, something that I've really been thinking about. You know, so what are you gonna do? It's the end of the year, and it's always okay to say, I'm gonna start something tomorrow. But you know, there's so many tomorrows that it's so easy to sit there and um, procrastinate to the next tomorrow because there's so many tomorrows. But there's only one new year every year, and I think that's a new year, a new start. I think it's a really good place to sit and look and think about your writing right now. Think about where you were when you first started writing. You know, what was your life like? Why were you doing it? You know, what were you like as a writer? Where were you at five years ago? And where are you at today? And more importantly, where do you want to go? Not go tomorrow or the next day. You know, but where do you, where do you want to take your writing? What what direction? Why are you doing it? What do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to go with it? 
the next thing I want you to sit there and ask yourself is, if this is the direction I want to go, what have I done last year to push me into that direction? There's things you have to do, baby steps. You know, years a long time. And set small goals, set realistic goals for you to be able to accomplish them. And then sit there, it's like, you know, make a goal for yourself. Next year I want to have, like, so for me, next year I want to have my book ready to be published. So every month I can sit there, I have a 12-month calendar, a day timer thingy, and I can write down this month, these are the baby steps, these are the things I have to do, this one little bite I have to take out of this every single month. So at the end of the 12 months, I've accomplished my goal. And when you put it down like that, so that it's easy, so you can actually see where you're going, how you're going to get there, and that there is a destination, then I think you're more apt to push yourself out like that. So your writing assignment, or your write, excuse me, your writing exercises, I want you to think about that really hard. Take a good look inside. And I'm only giving you a week, so do it fast, okay? You know, well, what is your goal? Is it to, to do a chat book or write a book of haiku or learn a new poetry form? or perform live in front of an audience, or maybe take more classes in writing, or sign up for a writer's residency program, or uh, maybe like we were talking about last week, work on a collaborative project with somebody. You know, find an artist and say, hey, I have this poem. Would you be interested in working with me and painting a picture that this poem makes you feel? There was a project that I was involved in uh, one year where the poets came, all the poets came and they had a poem. They'd written a piece and submitted a piece to be in this program or to be in this project. And then photographers came and they submitted some photography. Then the writers, everybody got a number. There was a writers and a painters. So all the writers got to go over and pick up a painter's number. And all the, the painters went over and picked up a writer's number. And then we went around the room and looked for on the walls either the poem or the, the picture. And I'm a photographer, and so I did too. I did a, I did one to both. But you find the number, the poem that matched your number, and then you had to paint a picture to go with that poem or take a photograph to go with that poem. And if you picked out a picture, whatever picture you got, that you had to write a poem to it, about it. You know, it really was a neat way to see how we all perceived each other's art, what, we, what someone else got out of it, not necessarily what we think it means, but what it means to them. And it was really awesome. So maybe, you know, working on something like that, it's an amazing experience. You know, maybe that make that for your goal. Or, you know, just what do you want to do? Let's really search that question. What do you want to do? What gets you excited about writing? What motivates you to passion? Where do you want that to take you? And we're going, I want you to write some of those ideas down. So, yeah, you will be writing in your book a little bit. Okay. I want you to write some of those down and keep writing them, you know, no matter what little strange one comes to mind. You know, no one said that, you know, your, your, your goal has to be something huge and amazing and crazy. You know, you can have little goals. Hey, I want to do this. Like one of them I did one year is write a haiku. I wanted to write a haiku a day. Every day I wanted to find something in the world worth 17 syllables. At the end of the year, you have 365 haiku. Do you think maybe uh, you could find enough out of that to maybe put together a book of haiku? Every poet worth their weight is neat, should have a book of haiku. I don't care what kind of poetry. It's, it's like a rite of passage. I don't care what kind of writing you do. 
Every poet should have a book of haiku. Important. So maybe that could be your goal. Just figure out what it is. Get all these ideas written down. Write down them. All of them that you can think of, no matter how minute. And I'm going to be asking you about those next week. And we're going to talk a little bit further about that, about these these things that you want to do. Okay, and, and how we're going to get them done. So coming up to the end of the year, I'm going to be talking a lot about this. The next thing I'm going to do is going to give you a poetry prompt. And where in the heck did I put it? Huh. You know, I seriously did write it down on here. I don't know where it went. It just, so I'm going to do this. Okay, so your poetry prompt. A poetry prompt is different than an exercise or an assignment. It's meant to actually produce a poem. So it can be the title of the poem, it can be a line in the poem, or it can be the concept of the poem, but it's a seed planted and at the end result you should grow it into a poem. Um, so I want to, what you, this one, the, the I'm trying to stall while I go through this and look real quick and try to find the prompt that I had written. Um, I don't know where it is. We'll just do a simple one. So your prompt this week is, why did they? Why did they? That's your prompt, why did they? And I'm going to write that down so that I don't forget it. All right, so why did they? Or no, why, no, why did they? Why did they? That's your prompt. The next prompt, and which is also intended to be grown into a piece of poetry, is called That's My Line. And it is a borrowed poetry prompt. Okay, so this prompt came from someone that was here last week. So as you're reading tonight, all of you will be sitting there wondering, hmm, I wonder if she's going to pick one of my lines to be the borrowed line in the That's My Line poetry prompt of the week. <laughs> So, yeah, this is a piece, or this should be a piece that came out of someone's poem last week. And I actually had a piece picked out by Eric Sheldman. I had a line. It's, I, I have a little box that I do on my form that I do during the show. And so that's my line. And Eric was reading, and it was really good. And I wrote his name down in the box. So that's my line. So I can make sure that I had the, the name of the person, the line put together in the same place. And then I forgot to write down the line. <laughs> so this should have been Eric Sheldman this week, but I didn't write down the line that I didn't write down the line that he made me think about. So what I did instead is Melvin was here last week and read and I do have his book in front of me, Tears from the Hood. It is absolutely amazing, you guys, you need to check it out for sure. Uh, so I just opened it and grabbed a line out of one of Melvin Johnson's poems. And since he read here last week, it's kind of like his, you know, it, it, it works. It makes it, it makes sense in my brain. It, all the logistics are, are cool, since, especially since I make the rules. <laughs> but so the, the that's my line borrowed poetry prompt for this week is it's not. Oh, no, that's what I did. That's what I did. Oh, I'm, oh, that's really bad. That's really bad. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. The one from Melvin is, <laughs> the one from Melvin is, oh, where did it go? Total disregard. That's the one I was going to use. Total disregard. So that's my borrowed line. 
So what I did was when I was writing it, I copy and pasted them right on top of each other. So it's just one, this, this one great big huge cluster of I don't know what the hell I was trying to say. That's what just happened there. So, yeah, we stumbled through that. We always don't, we don't always do it pretty here, but we do it, you know, which should give you courage. <laughs> this is just us hanging out, having fun together and, uh, you know, all cool, all relaxed. <laughs> You definitely don't have to be a professional to do this. All right, the next thing we're going to do, folks, is we are going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with a poem by one of our poets. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have or you've recorded one of your poems, uh, you have it in MP3 format, you can send that to me. We can upload it to the show's library. My email address, the word that is in the email address, address the speakeasy cafe the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com make sure you put audio file mp3 something like that in the subject line and we can get those uploaded to the show as i said to the show's library and play them for the world now the piece that i am going to start this show with this week is by Corey stoner and it's called on my way here we go I know that I'm on my own, my way. 
Okay, now admit it. How many of you were sitting there bebopping in your chair or dancing at the counter while you're listening or whatever, spinning around in your chair? (laughs) The beat of that piece is absolutely, there's no way I can listen to that and not wiggle. It just, it gets me. It makes me, it gets my, it gets, yeah, it gets my wiggle going. Love that, love that piece. All right, so next, if you guys are on the line, we're going to be getting to you in just a moment. I want to remind you once again, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We do take callers in the order that call you call in, so listen for your telephone area code. It looks like we have an international caller as our is 447. Uh, as our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please, please, please make this easy on me and introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading so they don't keep sending me messages wanting to know during the show uh, or while you're reading, and that way I can really pay attention to you. By the way, our chat room just came up, so if uh, you have been trying to get into the chat room, just keep refreshing the page. It'll, It'll bump you in there, but the chat room is finally up. So, yeah, if you're trying to get in there. Anyway, introduce yourself. Yeah, it's really important. You want to make sure that people know who you are, and you want to have your name attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there into the world without your name on it. And and that really is what you're doing. You're, you're audibly publishing your piece to the world, so make sure your name's attached. So I want to bring you on introduce yourself. Right now we can do two poems, so if you would like to come on and share two pieces with us, you are welcome to do that. If the lines get too busy, uh, they haven't been too bad the last couple of weeks because of all the holiday holidays that people are doing things for. Been kind of nuts. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're going to be good for doing two right now. If the lines do, do get kind of full tonight, then I may need to take you back to doing just one. But if that if that happens, I'll let you know. Until then, you're good for two. When you're done reading, make sure that you give us your 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 God. What's wrong with me tonight? Jesus. Ah. Oh. URL. Give us your URL so that we can come over and find you, get to know you and your work better (laughs) before you come back and read here again next week. Next thing, please remember that we have a mature rating, which means you really seriously are bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of porn poems. No super hardcore adult erotica, no bumping body parts, no tab A and a slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. All right. The first three callers we have tonight, as I said, first looks like we have our 447 international caller. Then we have 757, then 256. I do want to let area code 407 know that you were in the lineup earlier and then dropped out, but you're on the board again. So if you want to read, please press 1, and you won't lose your place in line. Or if you're just waiting to come on in a bit, you're welcome to press 1 at any time, and that will put you in the lineup then. So 407, if you're wanting to come on the air and read, Please press 1. The same thing for 419. 419, you are not in the lineup either. So if you want to come on and share tonight, please press 1 on your phone, on your, uh, phone pad, and that will put you, mark you, so that I can uh, unmute your call if you'd like to come on. That's 407 and 419. Let's go ahead and take our first caller, which is 447. 447, you're on the air. Hi, now let's call him. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? I'm not doing too bad now. I've been away for a couple of weeks because my asthma has been bad so I've not been able to breathe but uh, I I finally got up (laughs) 
I'm trying to picture you as a uh, Smurf now because if you weren't able to breathe for two weeks, I'm pretty sure you'd be pretty blue. Uh, I was able to keep breathing just enough, but not. Okay, good, not yay, because <laughs> we like you pink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time I tried to speak, I ended up with a coughing fit, so uh, it, it wouldn't have been fun to try and get on the show and read. We understand. We understand. Sorry you had to go through that, honey. Well, we miss you when you're not here. Um, I've brought a couple of pieces for you tonight. They're both uh, being debuted. And one of them is actually to the prompt that I gave the other week. um, Left in the silence. So I will start with that one. And it's called After Life Goes On. Mind racing, no end to the thoughts. For a moment I thought it had, but then again the torture starts. The mind contorting unto inhuman in con- conclusions. The demon, demons inside feeding it their illusions. Forcing the thoughts to the darker aspects of life. Or should I say, the end of it. The illusions creeping in, guiding me towards the greatest sin. My mind screaming into the void, the light that's fading, as I try to survive the night. My idiotic resilience leaving me fighting alone. Everything is covered in scarlet regrets. I had run out of ideas of how to defend my hope next. So I'm left in the silence. It tore at my heart. All my tomorrow's gone forevermore. I know you expected I'd be strong enough to defeat all my demons. This was my only way. You know I have my reasons. Before I go, I just need you to know I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault and I don't want you to have to go through that worry. Before the light shines through filled with hope for a new day, the river of red will have extinguished my stare. Now finally my mind finds peace and I'm left in the silence. End peace. You know, what's really hard about that piece is the true... I mean, that was written from a very dark place. You know, the the very real emotions about that. I had someone I cared about very dearly um, try to kill himself and and ended up being in my care for a while and not my care necessarily, but uh, there's kind of a a backstory to that, but ended up staying with me. And um, I, I, you know, I I don't beat around the bush a lot. I don't believe in in word games. I'm pretty straightforward. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, why do you want to do this? Why? And he sat down and so precisely explained it to me in a way that in his voice, I knew that it wouldn't be if he did, it would be when he did. I've never been so chilled in my life. And, and, you know, and so when you're reading that and you got to the part where it said, don't worry, it's not your fault. I don't want you to live with that. You know, what they don't understand is that you still do. It doesn't matter that you tell them it's not their fault. They will never believe that. 
they'll never believe oh, that there no, was well. something they could have done in it. So, so it made that piece so emotional and so real to hear. And I think anybody who's ever lost anybody like that, you know, for me, that's what came out so strong was just that, that, that indescribable feeling. I can't even, I can't, and I'm a writer and I can't even put a name on that feeling. That that depth of understanding. Hopelessness. It's a beautiful ride, a beautifully emotionally stab in the heart ride, which yeah. is fantastic. My next piece isn't quite as dark, but <laughs> it better have fluffy bunnies in it. Point. Damn it! <laughs> no, there's, there's no fluffy bunnies, but it is a love poem. Going okay. back to the way I started on the show. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got a. I'm trying to put me in the mindset of picturing you in Outlander clothes and the long hair. And... <laughs> All right, now read me the love poem. This piece is called Hindsight. I now know one day, eventually, till eternity and beyond. Time has taught me this. Oh, how I wish I I always knew. I had always thought it would be enough. I said I'd wait, that I love you. I don't know how that got lost in translation when we speak the same language. Though I guess when you let your brain have control of your path, your eyes and heart can miss the magic. We both did that day. The pain still burns a decade on. I still remember how beautiful you were. Taste tracing, I love you, don't leave upon your face. It was that moment, right then as my train pulled away, that I think your mind decided, no matter what, I would never have stayed. I left because you weren't mine to keep. You belonged to your dreams. But I told you, I would wait for you. Do you remember? I meant it. I was a mess the whole way home as I'd found the note you wrote. So simple, just a torn piece of paper that made me realize I'd lost my heart. Just the words, you are special. Right then I knew I was to you. Still, you didn't realize that you were to me too. That's why I let you fly free to make your dreams come true. To assume that dream was me, I could never believe. Now we float on orbits alternate as I chase another moment where I can gaze upon the smile on your face. I feel like an eternity is but a moment compared to the love I know I'll find at the end of the rainbow when I get to embrace your golden heart the only treasure that brings a smile back to my face when I left my heart it stayed with you to to this day I feel it calling me home for one day eventually I'll find you there my heart my love, I'm yours. 
and peace. That was amazing. You know, when you, real love is when you make the right decision, even if it's a decision that that tears you apart. You know, when you do what's best for that person. Yeah. You know, I met this this boy when I was 18 and uh, dated him off and on my entire life. You know, it was kind of like the, the carnival would come to town whenever we were, were around each other. And, and it didn't matter, you know, just whenever our paths crossed during our life, you know, we would always go out and have just this amazing, magical time. And then it would it would pull up and leave town. And, you know, either him or me, one of us. And it was never a lasting thing. But it, we always said that, you know, that, that, you know, go and do and be. It was really funny, though, because he came back and, uh, you know, told me I let you fly. But it was too late. You know, that's that's sad, too. Sometimes you think you know what's best for the other person, and you make a decision based on that. But sometimes you need to trust and believe that they know, and maybe it could be you. And a great piece, both yeah. of those very emotional, wonderful, beautiful pieces. Thank you very much. You are very welcome, my darling. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, I can be found on Facebook. It's Callum Kennedy Hume. I'm also on Twitter at Kennedy Hume. On Instagram, it's CMKH87. And I'm also on All Poetry, and it's Say It With Style. Awesome. So let me ask you this. Do you record any of your work? I've recorded one piece um, that was a companion piece to another poet's work. Um, that I'm going to be doing live on Instagram now that I've finally got the ability to talk back. Um, but at the moment, I've not got any of my pieces recorded separately because, as I've said before, I have a rather loud fish tank in my house <laughs> <laughs> that, that, can, that can be heard on every single there's, recording. There's a way it. for that to be edited out. <laughs> and you know what? Taking something in the bathroom or hiding in the closet with it for a day, you can set your computer up in the bathroom. It'll be okay. <laughs> Honestly, I can the fish, hear tank. the fish tank in my daughter's room, which is the furthest room away from uh, it is that loud. Then there's only one solution, honey. Get rid of the fish. Free, wi- <laughs> free willy. <laughs> free willy. <laughs> Because you need to be recording your work. That's my my personal goal for you for next year is to figure out a way for you to figure out a way that you can start recording some of your work. And if you can do that, you can figure out a way to get a, a good piece recorded. You know, I will produce it for you. I will put the music and stuff to it for you. I still need to do that with the first piece I performed via the um, Rose Tinted Mind. Well, because when I when I first came onto the show, you asked me to record it, and I'm, I'm still to this day like. I just can't get a decent recording of it any to anywhere I go. <laughs> you well, you got another year to figure it out. I'm hoping by the end of this next year, I will actually have a book published at least. So 
even if I can't record, I'll have the book to turn to instead. I don't care what your goal is. I want my goal. I want you to record. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who said this was about you, honey? <laughs> record something, damn it. <laughs> That's exciting. It's exciting. I want you to think about, you know, what it is, you know, what you what I want you to picture the finished book in your brain and kind of think about that over the next week and write down on a piece of paper all the things that you think you would need to do to accomplish that because that's a pretty intimidating big picture, an actual book, especially how emotional we would be doing that, you know, having make having that book. So I want you to write down yeah. all the things you think that you would need to do to accomplish that. And then next week on next week's show, which is the day after Christmas, I cannot believe that next week is freaking Christmas. I've done no shopping, none, zero. I'm a horrible person. I'm the person that shops at the gas station on the way to your house. <laughs> Look, I got you an ice scraper. I'll, I'll be up in Manchester next week with my family for Christmas and my friends. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had to get all my daughter's presents and everything sorted before I'll, I head up there. Oh, that's going to be get fun. Until after Christmas. That's going to be fun. See, if I could just see everyone after Christmas, that'd be great, because then we get to ship the, the shop the uh, after Christmas sales. You know how cool that is? <laughs> I know, right? Instead of doing it for the following year, then you'd be all done for the year. No, we aren't that smart. Okay, awesome, honey. Thank you so much. Have a really good holiday with your family, and, uh, you know, just, just hug everybody a lot. Thanks very much. Have a good holiday yourself. Thank you, sweetheart, and hugs to you, okay? You too. All right, hon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 757. 757, you're on the air. Hello, it's Tamika Barnett. Hey, Nala. Hey, sweetie. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. It's really good to hear from you. I wanted to, I, I missed the name of the person who did the piece, the song that you played earlier. What's that gift, the gap? Um, the the audio track that I played? Yeah. That was Corey Stoner with On Corey My Way. Corey Stoner, okay, okay. He kind of, his voice kind of reminded me of this, um, of this MC, this rapper named Gift of Gab. Ah. Voice. Yeah, and I, I miss what you said, but that was so good. It was good. Were you were you bebopping to the music? <laughs> yes. I was too, man. I, I was I was back in my stiletto heels and lace bobby socks, just dancing. Sometimes <laughs> you have to do that. It's just it had it had that it had that pulse to it that mm-hmm. matches my brain. I liked it a lot. So what do you have for us tonight, my love? I have two short pieces. How short? Prepare me. I I didn't really count the lines. Larger than a haiku and smaller than a bread box? There you go. Okay. (laughs) There you go. I I never thought to explain it like that before, but okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep, the first one is called A Thousand Petals. And, uh, okay. A, a thousand whispers of an uprising sweet scent of liberation. A bountiful crown of a thousand petals in peace. Wow. All right, so tell me about that one. It's um, about yoga. It's about yoga because um, that people had yeah the chakras and all that that you learn in yoga philosophy. If you get into that aspect of it, um, outside of the postures and the top, the seventh chakra is at the top of the head, the crown, and it's supposed to be like a thousand petal lotus flower are you do you know i really think that yoga is something super personal to you and it plays a pretty big part in your life doesn't it it does it does you reference it a lot in your writing and the way that you reference it, it you can really tell it's a grounding place and it's almost as if I think it's all, for you, it's almost as if when you're doing yoga, your brain stops multitasking, and that's when you can truly hear yourself. Sometimes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. Sometimes I don't do so well with that. I'm, I'm in... Um, I'm, I'm well, honey, you have permission to be human. I know, and, and that's why I don't beat myself up no more like I used to. When I first started doing it in 2004, I mean, I would beat myself up about that all the time. And it was just like, well, I'm not really focusing like the lady said on the DVD. <laughs> you know, I I think when, how long have you been calling into the show? Oh, since January 2017. I think that. I mean, just from that, from when I first started hearing you call into the show, and we had a pretty good, first time you called in the show, we had a pretty big discussion about, you know, the the emotion that I saw in your piece. I remember that. And I think even from that time to now, there is a, there is a calming. I, I was going to say maturity, but that's the wrong word because then it makes you think, you know, maturity. It, there, there's a... Oh, what's the word I want to use? There's a patina to you now that just resonates this warmth and a much more at peace with yourself than when I first heard you read the first time. <laughs> and you know what? Because reading the poetry like that, it wasn't new to me to read the poetry. Um and stuff like that, um, whether it was in person with people, not huge crowds, but it could just be like a couple people with one person or a class or something. And that wasn't new, even being on the radio, because I used to have a radio show from 2007 to 11 and then another one, and then after that. But it was like, it wasn't so much new to me to do it. It was just, in the place that I was in my life. And I think I touched on that, too, with um, 
being type 2 diabetic and having issues with vision impairment because I could not control the other cocaine that I like to call sugar. <laughs> and <laughs> and it was like, you know, finally figuring out a way to finally balance that. Unfortunately, it took something like that to kick me in my butt and make me finally buckle down and, and eat the sugar-free stuff on the shelf. <laughs> And um, to to help that sweet tooth But it was like Okay now I'm in a different place I can still use the computer That's the miracle Right there because I can adjust that But This whole new thing about Not always being able To see my writing On a piece of paper And I know I'm not hitting The lines on the paper And things like that It was a real struggle You know what, I'm going to show you a picture after the show. I'm going to send you a picture of one of my journal pages. I'm going to take a couple pictures and I'm going to send them over to you so you can see what a couple of my journal pages look like. Lines don't exist. They're just a pattern on the paper. They mean Mm -hmm. nothing. They absolutely mean nothing. Your words will go on that paper where they need to go on. And if you're having problems with that, seriously, try getting... See if you can have someone find you like a sketch notebook. Because they're usually bigger. They're usually bigger than um, a regular notebook. And write with a Sharpie because that contrast of the Sharpie pen and the white paper on the larger paper, I think, would make it much easier for you. Mm, okay, because I used to get sketch pads and stuff, do my little doodling. I, I have to do that again and get a sketch pad. And use a big, no fat, line, black Sharpie pen. Yeah, I love those too. So yeah, yeah, I've been using those more when I have to write numbers down and stuff like that on something. I use a sharpie to write it nice and big. You, you just said that and it made me panic. It's like, no, that won't work. You have to be. I I, twist, I put my all of a sudden. It's like, well, what would I do if I couldn't read what I wrote? Half the time I can't read what I write on the paper just because I can't read my own handwriting. But what if I couldn't <laughs> see it? You know, and I'm and all of a sudden it's like, no, this is not. She can't. This this isn't going to happen. Get a sharpie and try that, please. You have to be able to see what you write. What if you write something so profound and you can't read it, and then we never hear it? That just won't be happiness times there. <laughs> and what I try to do is keep it. I try to keep it in my head, but I can't keep everything I write in my head because you know no. how it is when you get on a roll. I mean, you could write like 10, 15 pages in a journal in one day, even more than that mm-hmm. for some people. And, you know, it's, it's like usually what I used to do was just go back to it if I wanted to type it in and put it on the website or uh, put it in a document or something like that for a possible future book or something like that. So, yeah, it does make it more difficult in that respect because it's like, well, I can't go back and just read it off of the book off off of the page and type it in like I used to and um you know that's that's been a little bit of the scary part it's other things that I can see that and and I do all right but documentation oh my goodness and documentation and fonts and packaging and stuff like that I have to be like Velma on on Scooby Doo and and have the um, <laughs> have 
have the real high power readers and, and a big old magnifier and stuff like that to read off of packages and large print and stuff like that. So, but the the blessing about the computer though is that I can adjust that and change the contrast, the colors, and make it as big as I need it to be, and it's all yep. good. That's so. But yeah, yoga helps. With that aspect of it, when I go into them difficult places in life and help me to find some kind of inner peace, it doesn't stop the chaos. If that was the case, everybody would be doing yoga. You mean I can do yoga and we'll have world peace once and for all? Yes. <laughs> Legalize marijuana and do yoga. <laughs> Everything will be right as rain. <laughs> everybody will try to learn something. That was like, <laughs> teach me just one posture. I promise I'll do it five minutes every day. You know, <laughs> if it was that simple, but, you know, it's not that simple. I mean, it's like one of those inner things. It works from the inside out. So you can have total chaos going on, but it's like it's helping you, helping me to deal with just be calm on the inside. Mm-hmm. No matter what's going on on the house, and now there's times where I have to get scared, but it's other most of the time it's like even when I feel that it don't always shake me as much as it used to. I used to get downright panicky back in the day, so I had panic attacks and things, night terrors. It completely helped me with that. No no drugs or nothing. I just did yoga. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was the complete opposite. I was the person that people would look at and absolutely lose their mind because I wasn't panicking. Mm. I was like, how can you not be panicking right now? Huh, what? What are you doing? I'm sorry. I was looking at a squirrel. <laughs> you know, I just, I've never been someone that let, that let things do that. Which you know can be like a, an opposite end of that spectrum as as not being you know as being hard to deal with. <laughs> There's probably some things I should have panicked over and never did, but you know. I, know. <laughs> I, I have panicked, but that's the thing. It's like usually it's after something crazy, and it's like. Let me go home and panic, or when I used to drive in the car on the way home, or something like that. It was like, don't try to calm down when something is is going on, the upheaval is happening, because when I panic, my mind is not clear. I cannot think straight to, you know. (laughs) make a decision on whether or not I want to turn left or right in a building, you know. <laughs> First of all, what are you doing driving in a building, honey? I'm, just, I'm talking about when I'm walking around <laughs> in the building, but you know what I mean? And I definitely don't get behind the wheel when I'm panicking, so it's just like, but when I said earlier that I panic, I'll panic in the car on the way home, it's just, I'll talk it through and and hope that people think that I just got a, one of them blue things on or something like that and I would talk it through I was like yes I'm I'm sitting in my car talking to myself out loud it's like okay this is you know just like I can't believe this is happening and I just go ahead and cry my way you know to some food but anyway <laughs> <laughs> so anyway 
Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a personal thing, and it's one of those books I've always wanted to write, a, a, a memoir of my experiences with yoga, using poetry and just uh, essays like that, and just share that with people, because it's been a, an interesting ride with, with, with yoga. So, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, the next one is called, where is it? The Dreamer. Okay. There is nothing wrong with being a dreamer. A dreamer can see beyond the limitations, beyond the fantasy, out of one's pit, into the sky, past the dream, into reality, in peace. So tell me about that one. This is my way of getting you to talk more. (laughs) I know. Um, It's all good. Um, That is about me feeling like I do this for myself as a personal exercise, but I feel this way about other people, too, that we, I feel like we achieve our dreams. Um, I ain't talking about, like, the, oh, I want to win $10 million dreams and go to the Oscars and stuff and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about, like, Whatever those things are that we want to do, that we say we really like or we really enjoy, I don't care if it's gardening or you want to go bake some cakes or something or you want to be a writer or you want to do whatever it is, I think more times than not we find ways to get those things done that we want to get done. We end up measuring the success of the dream into reality by money, by balancing it against what we see on TV and in magazines and all this kind of stuff, and or other people around us who may have the big-time, high, five-figure, six-figure uh, uh, incomes and things like that. So we think, okay, because I haven't done this, then I'm not successful because I'm not on the New York Times bestseller list and I'm not a successful writer or poet and because I haven't gotten um, nominations for whatever because I haven't gotten the acting gig that I've always wanted so I can kiss all over Idris Elba, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I see where this is going. (laughs) I mean... So, but anybody, you know, or because I can't get, you know, build a corporation or whatever it is people are dreaming about. And I, you know, it's really funny. You, you're saying these things, and they're also, you know, build a corporation or, you know, be at the Emmy. Do you know what my thing was? Hmm. There you go. All, I mean, all my life, I've been fascinated by fossils. And, you know, I'd always like, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go, someday I'm going to be a paleontologist. And, you know, and there was always someday, someday, someday. But I never did it until one day I realized I was never doing it. And I said, the hell with it, I am. And I loaded up my little adventure truck and all by myself, because I could never get anyone. There was never, I never met anyone who, like, gets off on that kind of stuff. Because it is kind of nerdy, you know, and weird. <laughs> and 
I could never find someone who wanted to do it with me, so I would never go do it. And then I re- all of a sudden I realized, but wait, I really like spending time alone. I really am like my, my – I, I am probably my first best friend. You know, mm-hmm. no, no, excuse, no, no apologies to all the rest of my best friends, but I am my own best friend, and I really do – I am very comfortable spending time alone. And so I thought, I mean, I'm just going to do this. I don't have to have someone go do this with me. And so I took off out in the middle of God knows where in the hell I ended up in my little pickup truck. You know, I'm one of those stupid people they find out in the boonies a hundred years later and skeleton in their tent because they don't tell anyone they're going and they take wrong turns and they, you know, I'm going to be that person, right? That's me. But I just did it and I had fun and it was like the most incredibly spiritual, regrounding, quiet, amazing time. And, and so I've continued to do that over the years. I just go do that stuff by myself now and I absolutely love it. Isn't that weird? And so I'm thinking, now, what a contrast in our two nirvana dreams. I, what my thing is to, you know, split open a rock and see a, a you know, 50 million-year-old leaf, and she's going to the Grammys <laughs> and starting no, corporations, not, no, and I'm not, playing in the was, dirt. <laughs> no, that wasn't necessarily my dream. <laughs> I, I know, but not yours, but ones you were the ones you were somebody, using, for example. Yeah, somebody, yeah. Somebody, somebody somewhere, but that same person <laughs> could be, you know, the talk of the town or their state or in their region when it comes to singing or dancing or really just good at the poetry and the writing and just, you know, doing everything they can to put it out there and share it in some capacity or another, even if it's just, well, I've always wanted to have a farm and feed America, you know, they might not necessarily... So you can't just say have a farm, it has to have a farm, and feed America. You know, you you are such a beautiful thinker. Your brain is so much nicer than mine. (laughs) No, but I'm saying sometimes people do dream like that, whether they're a child or whether they are um, in their teens or in their 20s or something, and they have these huge, huge dreams, but... You know, what if they just end up having a garden in their backyard and it's very plentiful, so plentiful that whoever it is in their family can't possibly eat it all. And they end up sharing with people in the neighborhood or something or at their job or something like that. When all that kind of way you're doing, you're, you, you have the dream. You, it just didn't become this huge thing that you thought it was going to be. I'm not saying we have to downsize it. I think it's kind of like trying to reframe it. We beat up on ourselves too much and cause ourselves to, you know, I just feel like that. Not just because of me, but because of what I've heard people talk about even on TV and in other conversations and stuff like that. We feel like if it ain't, happen a particular type of way, then it didn't happen. At some point or another, our soul and our heart, if it's in there, is going to take over. Like whatever made you just jump in your pickup and say, I'm going to go find some fossils, damn it, you know, and <laughs> you go go find them. You know, it's just like, okay, but, and, you know. So after the show, go look at my page. After the show, I am going to paste a picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a picture of my office on my page for you to see my picture of my office. You'll laugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah there ain't nothing wrong with that, but I'm glad you got a chance. So you just made a you made an opportunity.
opportunity to do that for yourself. But that's the that's the point. That was success for you because you just did it. You said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to find it somewhere. Some, somebody left something <laughs> behind somewhere. <laughs> that I, can I know, right? <laughs> I'm so, I so want to be Indiana Jones. Except for I'm right with him, you know. I don't. I don't actually. I don't mind snakes. He didn't like snakes. I don't like spiders. So I could never go somewhere. I'm fine until I see a spider, unless I'm in a honey hole of fossils, and then the spiders just better get out of my way because I carry raid. Yeah. All I need the one. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just. I thought about that one day um, when it was something that I did back when I was young. And two, two, well, three things. I'm going to touch on them real quick, and I promise I'm going to shut up so you can go to the next call-up. But um, that's what, one thing was I used to read the liner notes of the album. And for any young people listening, the album is vinyl. The vinyl, 33 and the third RPM. That's and it, was, it was like the, the liner notes on the inside of a, Album when I was young and I would read that and I would say oh these are that's those are the words to the song and I would start to write the mm-hmm. lyrics to the song that was after I wrote my first poem as a class assignment when I was in sixth grade I was so fascinated so that taught me another form of poetry. You know what's really after, funny is that played a real big role for me too. Mm-hmm. Was was reading those sleeves in the in the record albums. And reading the words and the lyrics and being able to understand what they were saying and and uh mm-hmm. and it had verse one chorus bridge verse two chorus two x for two times and all this sort of kind of stuff and I just like oh mm-hmm. so that's how you do it you know and so yeah. it was just my first crash course in doing that um that type of poetry and um but I'm still doing it and so. That was one so, thing, and then being on I have radio. a personal goal. I have a personal goal for you this year. Okay. This is, this is above and beyond anything you may set for yourself. This is your NILA goal. I want you to, in your scope of friends and acquaintances, I want you to find someone who writes music, who can write songs, and ask them if they want to do a collaboration with you and help you turn one of your poems into a song they can sing. Oh, that is a personal goal. I would because I think that you would really I think that you know, seeing as that how that influenced you and you know, I'd actually hear one of your words to your song, your poems actually being sung in a song, I think that'd be pretty cool for you. So that's that's a seed I'm planting for the for the new year for you. Thank you, but and that keeps just keeps me on track and just confirms because I, I I think about that all the time. So that's already a personal goal all these years, and I still haven't quite done it yet. But it's um and then being on the radio because I used to tape record myself all the time talking like I'm interviewing, and I would get my um, nephews who are close in my age to pretend like they're professional ball players and professional people in the world and all this other kind of stuff and let me interview you and so how did you feel about how the game went you seemed like you were struggling <laughs> after the first quarter <laughs> I will let you I'll let you interview me when I discover a new species of dinosaur huh 
attention. Do what to the dinosaur? Say that one more time. <laughs> I said, I will let you interview me when I discover a new species of dinosaur. You really think there's a new one? There's, oh, there's so much in this world we have. We haven't even seen nothing. There's so much this underneath our feet. This you know, we find true. something new every single, you just, yeah. Underneath your feet, underneath your feet right now, is there some sort of history? This is very true. I, I agree with that very much. And I, I mean, want to dig down there and find it. That, that's my thing. It's, 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 I know it's under my feet, and I want it. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> you just want to be able to name it. <laughs> I have my own word for everything anyway. It's cool. It's cool. All right, Tamigo, I love you so much. Thank you so much for sharing tonight. And, uh, do think oh. about what you want to accomplish next year. And next week, if you're here, we'll talk about that. Okay. And um, for everybody, my um my site is poetrysoup.com forward slash me forward slash Tamiko13 T-A-M-E-K-O 13 and uh, there you go thank y'all you're thank very you welcome have- sweetheart you have a, a really good holiday no matter what you celebrate Merry Happy Everything thank you and same to you thanks honey bye bye Absolutely adore her. All right, our next caller comes from area code, and we're having a little bit of issues. I'm taking a little bit of time with you guys because we're having some issues with the lines, and so I may end up having, if I can't get this sorted out, um, I may end up playing a couple tracks for you, which is always fun when we get a get a chance to do that. But I'm going to take our next caller, which comes from area code five or two, excuse me, two five six two five six. You're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. This is Stan. Hey, Stan, how are you, my love? Oh, I'm doing great. It is very good to hear from you. And I've got to give my thanks to our friend Colm, who showed up on the Hurt Locker Tuesday night. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. That was very, that was, that was a very wonderful night. We had a great night that night. Aw. I need to give you my cell phone number so you can text me and remind me so that no matter where I am at that moment, because I'm usually not at my computer. Right. Because I always have intentions too. But then another horse breaks loose and I'm running and who knows where in the hell I've ended up. True. Them damn horses and that damn merry-go-round, I'm telling (laughs) you. From, from my my brain not being a pretty place, it's really pretty in there. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so what's going on with you this week, and what'd you bring us, and all that good stuff? Talk to me. Well, this week I'm just basically uh, catching up on some of my uh, correspondence. Really, I've been away from the net for a while, and I uh, decided to do some homework. You know, that just made my toes curl a little, right? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Oh, someone did their homework. I love life. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm going to tell you now. It's a little erotic. It is sensual. It is romantic. 
but there is no tab A in slot B or any of that. <laughs> you know, I love, there, erotica is beautiful, and you can read erotica here. Erotica here, and I, the way I explain the difference between erotica and adult porn poems, and you know what, actually adult, you know, the, the porn poems, what I call porn poems, that's my name for them, that's the, the highest paid form of poetry out there. It's one of the only places in poetry where you can actually truly make a living. Isn't that crazy? I know. I know. It's, it's insane. They, it's like everything else in the marketplace. Sex sells. Exactly. You know, erotica is like when like when you're with somebody, you know, and you go right to that edge and you're still I mean Everything is in the brain until, until, you know, it, it's like that, that mind play, that, that, that numb, whirly, singy feeling you get in your head where everything is just vibrating before the spill over the edge, right? That's what exactly. erotica is. If you can take words to that hum, but don't, the, the difference is, is you, you leave it at that hum. You leave them buzzing. You never let them spill over the edge, whereas porn palms or what's down at the bottom when you hit bottom and all of a sudden you, you, you take that plunge, you know, <laughs> literally. Oh, okay. okay. I'm done now. Save me. <laughs> well, I did the usual thing. I jammed two prompts together. I took the weight. You mated prompt. them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And then I took the, that's my line, he wasn't done yet prompt. Okay. And like I said, it's suggestive, but I've left plenty of room for people's fevered imaginations. And this is called, Yet. Such a glorious night, a marvelous day. She's considering surrender Ashen's fate. He whispers, wait here, creating romantic tension. Red flushed on her neck and cheeks a sign. His desires play leading to what he has in mind. He wasn't done yet, setting the scene for their passion. A masterful romantic, the room softly candlelit. The fragrance of flowers and spice, just a hint. And the wine opened to breathe at the right room temp. The music as background, smoky, sweet, and low. Rhythmic as heartbeats to build night's passion slow. An atmosphere erotic, not one of her senses left exempt. Touch of silken sofa cushions and his hands. Her body temp rises the closer he gets. Desired embers start to flame as her body feels him. This just the start. He wasn't done yet. Clothes fall like autumn leaves piling softly on the floor. Lips, fingers, tongues drive bodies less demanding more. In primal embrace, they share order, driving them on and on. Chorus of sighs, moans, and cries to music join. Ravenous the hunger released from their fevered loins. To their passion's pyre they sacrifice all and beyond. 
her a so willing victim to his sexual skills. He revels in her body's trembling eruptions of thrills. They scale ecstasy's heights, peaking again and again. Lust fire grows, glows like a runaway furnace. Sweat soaked her desire clearly etched on her face as he arches in lustful throes of a great climactic end. She rises, says, wait here. He lays back, here's the shower. A night of sexual courtship and lust he would not soon forget. She she exits wet, sweat, sweet saunter, aura more than afterglow. Fire her eyes, he's mounted, surprised. Seems that she wasn't done yet. End piece. <laughs> that was amazing, amazing, and playful, and exactly, you know, writing in the hum. Beautiful job. Yes, we we skate the edges. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what it is, you know, when when you think about when you think about sex and erotica and fucking and love and all those things rolled into one because it is all those things rolled into into one. You know, all of those things. And it, you you picture that ice skater just scratching those lines on the surface of the ice and twirling. I mean, that's a great image for what erotica is. You know, it's skimming right along that surface, but, you know, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Boy, do I need a boyfriend tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit down and write a naughty poem. No, I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Mine are really naughty. Mine are really naughty. I Only well, a couple of them I can I play have, on the show. I have some that are definitely <clears throat> direct. That's a nice way to put it. Mine are mine. Mine have none of the seven deadly words, whatever those words. You know, mine, mine are are true, that true erotica, but they're really pushing the lines on erotica, not on so much the graphicness of them, but just never mind. I can't even. I don't know how to explain it. I'm just going to dig myself deeper here. <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm. When it when it came to some of them, uh, well, one in particular, I was direct but it was for effect because I was going to put a twist on it to make it comic and with the others I would say I got direct enough metaphorically to leave no doubt I love the way you're just skating around the topic here (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty good because i don't know how to skate they just put up a skating rink in a town near me that's a portable skating rink how they do that i don't know but they yeah and i used to ice skate all the time when i was a little kid and and my my kids we used to go down to the pond when we lived in in Cheyenne, or Laramie, Wyoming, we went. We lived right by a pond, and we'd go down the pond and ice skate. It was so fun. I miss it. Oh, that's a nice memory there. It is. It is. Did you? Were you going to do another one? Yeah, this one. Believe it or not, our friend Mr. Larry Maddox 
for, yeah. for real the poet. He, uh, on his show, by the way, the Neo Soul Cafe, ha-ha, another cafe. Because they're awesome. Right. He likes to do this where he calls pick up, pick up the pen, where he'll throw out a line, play some music, and he may play the whole song, or he may just play part of it, pick up, take off the song, and wherever you, you're at, that's the poem. You know, I used to do something like that with my kids, Stan. When we when they were little, I would get mm-hmm. like some instrumental because I loved I loved instrumental world beat type music. Um, and there's even a, an instrumental piece by Phil Collins. I can't remember the name of it. That was amazing. But I'd play. I'd have the kids in the car with me, and we'd be out. I'd take them up in the mountains. And we'd be driving around, and I'd tell them, "Okay, all of you, close your eyes." And I would play a song, an instrumental song, and then after it was done, I would play it a second time. I would start it over and play it a second time. And then it was done. I would turn off the, the tape, the, the CD player, and each of the, the boys, I had three boys, each of the boys would take turns telling me a story about what they saw in their head. It was, it was fun. Nice. It was a fun thing yes. to do. Yeah. Oh, well. It was, it was cheap fun, never... cheap entertainment. <laughs> hey, it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't put a title to this, but the phrase he gave us was, if love is real, touch me with yours. Make me a believer. And this is what I came up with. You say your heart is open and offered my heart to enter. But mine bears scars of broken trust that cautions me to beware. So I don't know if you're sincere or a sensual siren and deceiver. If love is real, touch me with yours. Make me a believer in peace. Oh, I like that. I imagine you got an A-plus on that homework. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he liked it too. He did. <laughs> you know, I think that... Uh, I've got some tracks on here of his. I think that I'll uh, I'll close the show with one of his tonight so you guys can say hi to him with your ears, I guess. Oh. Yeah, I'll play Thank a piece you, of his Tyler. to close the show tonight. Yeah. He's amazing. That he is. He is. And I am grateful because I get to co-host the Hurt Locker because that man has that venue. Mhm. So yeah, <laughs> that's one of the things I love about being here is your venue. Our. Yes, ma'am. Our, Our venue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't our, I would just be sitting here for three hours listening to myself breathe. <laughs> that would not be so much fun. Trust me. Yes. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor, Stan, and tell everyone how they can find you, what you have going on, and all that good stuff. Well, on Thursday nights, when I can, you will find me here with Nyla on the Speakeasy Cafe. Now, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, I will be co-hosting with 
Rebecca Hollywoods, a.k.a. Murder, She Wrote, The Hurt Locker. That will be our one-year anniversary show. We finally got one in. (laughs) Uh, Outside of that, you would find me at the Garden of Poetries and Prose on uh, the group uh, Poetry of Springs Embrace. Uh, Outlaw Poetry. You can occasionally catch me on the on the uh, Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder, and Wit group. Uh, tomorrow night, I will be on World Poetry Open Mic. And other than that, you would find me on the Outlaw Poetry's anthology, We're in Cahoots, and the 2017, 2018, and 2019 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic, all of those available on Amazon. And that's about it. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job tonight, and I'm so glad you were here. And uh, thank you, babe. Oh, thank you, Nyla. And on to the next. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. I want to remind area code 407 that you are not in the lineup. So if you would like to come on the air and read tonight, uh, please press 1. That's 407. If you're just hanging out listening, that's awesome. And uh, if you change your mind anytime, press one. Then let's go ahead and bring area code nine zero. Excuse me, yeah, nine nine one nine nine one nine. You're on the air. Hey, 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 hey! Good evening, good evening. Hey, sweetheart, it's been a while. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been a while. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Just doing everybody different things and situations. You know how life can be. I but do. nice to be back. Nice to be back. You know, I wasn't feeling it as what a couple of weeks ago. I I was there, I listened to it and then I just disappeared. But now I am back. I am glad because we have missed you, my dear. Oh, thank you very much, Karina. So it's, what are you what are you bringing us tonight after being gone? What are you going to treat us with? I'm giving you something new. Yay. What is it? It is called the portal. The portal? Yes. Okay. A woman is a man with a vagina. And all the conflicting emotions that comes with her genitalia. Its purpose, its mandate, following protocol is the divine burden of her service to the earth. Her strength, how easily overlooked, all because the creator, our father, and her who created this wonder. She is this awesomeness the intrigue of our lives but it is not to her that this glory belongs and she understands this as to her we are just women with penises and less 
of the conflicting emotions that come with our genitalia and she has need of him and he of her. It was designed this way, not of him or her, but for him and her. This is the order. She fathoms this. But men are prejudiced and do not conceive life and would think themselves better than their mother and denigrate her for the portal from which they came. Men are such an ingrate. It might seem base, but it is of divine intervention and not of our doing. A greater power lurks here. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I love that. You know, there's a, how did the saying go? Um, Men were born spilling life, but only a woman can recreate life. It was something along those lines. You know that well, the, the reason the reason men were reason men were more the the concept was the reason that men are more violent the reason that it's the wars and taking life and all that is a very you know I'm a knight and I'm proving myself in battle and all that that machoism type stuff that that goes along hand in hand with war and killing and spilling of life is because man can only spill life he doesn't know what it's like to create it. And therefore doesn't look at it in the same way as a woman does. And that's kind of what that piece made me think about. Yeah, and and, and let me expound upon what you just said a little further because I've given thought to this many times. I'll put it like this. As sure as woman was, was born to create life is as sure as man was, was born to take it. Mm-hmm. Men and we are natural born killers, and and it is bigger than us. We don't understand why, but as I look further, and I study and query this, and I find that men, we are, we have more of God's aggressive nature. We as women possesses more of His mercy and gentle nature you know and mm-hmm. and we are yeah and we are solving from our own perspective as we understand things we don't understand things the same way because we all march to a different drum even though we serve the same god because god is diverse and and he has, and he has his clemency and his severity there is no deficit, de- deficit in him. He is not kind and weak, you know, and 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 he is not tough without mercy, you know. He is he is all that, and we embody some of him because we we, we are the we are the, we are the, we, are the, we are sons of the, and daughters of the divine. Mhm. Yeah, and and it's a lot to comprehend and. One of these days, he might explain it to us. 
All right, my darling. Are you going to read a second one, or are you going to? I'm so happy that you asked. <laughs> you. Yes. Awesome. And let me and let me apologize for for having you to ask me to read. So you should never have to ask me that. I should have just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me see. You know, I'm I'm gonna read this one. This one is uh is about is a I think I read it before, but I read it to someone yesterday and I didn't show if I remembered it, but I did. And and this one is called "She Is Life." Ah, oh, the light approaches. Clarity is brief. Moments of life, and I fathom the woman more. Her task, her mandate, yoked to her duties, the preservation of men. Life she harbors, life. She cossets. Her glances assures procreation, and ever the twain shall meet. There is great power at work here. It is palpable. My sister has always been a wonder to me. Standing aloof, I can see her mind at work. There is something about her I am ignorant of. What secret she harbors? The roving mind the endless wonder. There seems no fathoming this. Never the scratch that would remedy her itch. Standing at the observatory post of life, I observe the Affairs of the species, powers hidden within the flesh, scary and exhilarating. This is her task, an endless query. The woman, nations lives inside her. Thank you very much. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful read, my dear. Thank you. Thank you, my my dear. Thank you. (laughs) All right, sweetheart, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you. Uh, My name is Gwenville John Hedrington. You can find me 
on Facebook, Instagram, and other mainstream. Oh, you can also find me on Amazon. Those couple of poems came from my new book, Poetry for Thought, Volume 3, and I will really appreciate the support. This is a poor man's business, but I love it. <laughs> and I'm coming out of Raleigh, North Carolina. So big up to Raleigh, North Carolina. And born in St. Kitts, Nevis, in the Caribbean, Eastern Caribbean, a beautiful place. Go visit, go visit, I'm telling you, and you'll see. You know, it's a wonderful place, beautiful place. Beauty, you know, it's it's a beautiful place, well, you know, and stuff. So check me out, Granville John Hedrington. You can read my stuff on Amazon and on my page. I post daily. I uplift. I encourage. I build up. That's what I do. I live to make people better and leave them more enlightened. And well, my we dear appreciate Nyla, you, honey. And, and thank you, very, thank you for having me, Nyla. And Stan, I might see you tomorrow night. Very cool. That's awesome. And Stan's still on the line, so he heard that. So yeah, okay, very cool. yeah, yeah. He'll appreciate that. I know. Okay, okay, my dear. Blessed evening. Blessed evening. Blessed. Merry, happy, everything to you, and we will talk to you next week, my dear. Yes, sweetheart. Blessed love. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so we are having uh, some issues with the lines. If you're on the line and you want to read again, don't hang up because I don't think you're going to get back on right now. If you are trying to get on, please keep... Uh, and you're getting that fast, busy signal, please keep pressing one. It'll let you on eventually. I'm going to play a track here real quick. Um, It's called, uh, which one is it? Where to go, where to go? Let's do one. We were just talking about, for real, the poet, Larry Maddox. Let's go ahead and play a piece, one of his pieces I have on here that uh, I have not played for a while. It's called Say My Name, The Answer. I have on here. Okay. So I say my name for the answer. I think it is. All right, here you go. For real, the poet. Say my name. Say my name. Again. Insatiable. Sensual. Love's removed all the improbables. There's not a maybe, everything's possible. This thing between you and I, unmovable, undying, ever ending, happily ever after, regardless of the weather, nothing else matters. Same. My name, insatiable you, sensual, all intangibles removed, scars from our past healed, bandages removed, you're so beautiful, diamond, glistening, gleaming, giving fluorescence new meaning, Regardless of light, 
wearing the mark of love. All I've prayed for, everything about you is heaven touched, remarkable, and all it took was love. Love, consensual, unconditional, insatiable, sensually sensual. My rib sent from heaven above. Swallow me. Let me sink deep into this uplift of love. Cascading wonderment. Sink me, Titanic. But don't leave me stranded on some remote island. You and I, castaways, swept ashore by the sweetest tidal wave. Tsunami, love, love rescued me. And only the softness of your voluptuous lips this day can save me. Hot and steaming, I'm in love on a beach full of jet black sand with my socks off, drenched by the ocean water, soaked in love, standing before me so beautiful, insatiable. Sensually sensual castaways abandoned shipwrecked warmed by each other's touch under the shade of the tropics and its trees I fashioned your hand with a ring made of reefs it's not much Shells of coconut, insatiable and sensual fall in love. Say my name, say my name again. Insatiable. I fashion your hand with a ring made of reefs. It's not much. We sip tangerine from shells of coconuts. Insatiable and sensual. Fine love. Say my name. Mm, Say my name. Say My Name by Larry Maddock, for real, the poet. And I am going to go ahead and check. We still have area code 407 on the line. If you want to come on the air, press 1. 
otherwise just hang out and have good time listening. Thank you for being here. I've got Colm and I've got Tamiko still on the line. So I'm going to check with Colm first and then we'll check with Tamiko and see if she has something else she'd like to read. But I know that Colm has something ready for us. Are you there, sweetie? I'm sorry, yes. Hello. I've been enjoying the show. (laughs) (laughs) Watching me catch butterflies, right? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Good. I was trying to get into the chat room, but I don't know what it is about that chat room. It just doesn't doesn't ever let me in anymore. It's uh, it's been kind of awkward. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with it. It's not working correctly. So yeah, as I say, I've got another piece here that I read on the show with Stan on Tuesday night um, called Rewriting Reality Gone Awry. I love that title. (laughs) It was one of those spur-of-the-moment titles. I'd I'd written the piece a couple of weeks ago when I was unable to speak. Um, It was just sat there as an untitled document, and I'm like, I don't like that. And then also, as I reread it, I thought, I've got it. <laughs> so we went with that. And it's actually rewriting about reality going awry. It's written about a couple of teachers that I had during my time in high school that well, it's just they failed to believe in. The... <laughs> okay. A long time ago, I was told I would amount to nothing. I don't know if it was some prophecy that the teacher believed or some reverse psychology sort of thing. I worked myself to the bone to prove that teacher a fraud. Now I speak my story to others, still I can't cut the cord. See, those words are like a tether holding me back, from which I can't escape. And even in this piece, I can't help but hurt. But the hatred is of myself for not showing all I could be. Every time I try to dream, I'm dragged back into an inescapable nightmare. Pushing hard through the pain in a show of unrelenting determination. Running headlong into torment, causing nothing but frustration. Another told me, I played the perfect ghost. This was during my drama exam. I assume it wasn't praise as my mark came back a minimal pass. I guess I play invisible well. Easily overlooked. Drifting through life. A silent silhouette slipping in between the voids. Trying to find my voice. Though it seems you cannot hear me. I'm sure I see this life before my eyes but they could just be deceiving. The energy it takes to fake the smile upon my face, it drains me. Constantly hoping for a better tomorrow feels like it just maims me, tearing away pieces of my very being. The future no longer bright, at least not the one I'm foreseeing. End peace. Wow. That was pretty phenomenal. 
There's a what was the line? There was a, oh, what was it? I guess I play invisible well. I loved that line. Yeah. See, Peter, it was about when I actually did my exam. I wrote the entire play. And it was a play written about euthanasia, which isn't the easiest subject to take on. And everybody in the group that I was in got higher marks than me. And I put less towards it. And also on the night, they were jumping ahead at parts of the play that I'm like, well, now I'm going to have to skip half of my story to get to where you're at. And then won't fully understand what I've written. (laughs) See, this is why throat punching is necessary. Did I say that in my out loud voice? You did. (laughs) I did. Tell them not tell them not to mess with you anymore because they don't know if I'm in the audience or not, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at least Uh, one thing right, and it made my mother cry. And it was actually tears of pride rather than just disappointment in me for being a bit rebellious. See, <laughs> I'm, I'm not nice. Everyone thinks I'm a nice person. I'm not nice. You know, I, I would have said something. I, I would I would have gone. I, I wouldn't have just sat there and looked at it and said, uh, I'd, I'd have gone and sat on their desk and said, you and I are going to have a chat. We're going to have a come to Jesus meeting right now because I want to know about this. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me how you came up with this. <laughs> yeah, and then, then I'd be kicked out of class and not have to worry about it, right? All right, sweetheart, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you again. Yeah, I can be found on Facebook. It's Callum Kennedy Hume. I'm also on All Poetry at Say It With Style. Um, on Instagram, CMKH87, and on Twitter uh, at Kennedy Hume. Very cool. All right, sweetie, thank you so much. And um, go ahead and hang on the line if you want. I'm not sure what, you know, if you want to have something else ready for you and want to hang out and listen or. Okay. (laughs) All right. And I can just pull you back in if we need to, okay? Yeah, I've got Sean messaging me now. He's as well saying he's in the queue. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Speak to you later. We're going to go ahead and bring Tamika back on, see if she had something else she wanted to read. Then we have area code 585. We also have 407 and four, or 706. So 407 and 706. Neither one of you have your hand up. If you guys would like to come on the show, please press 1. If you're just hanging out and listening, thank you for being here. If you change your mind, you can press 1 at any time. That's Once again, that's 407 and 706. Okay, we're good. All right, so let's go ahead and bring Tamika back on. Hey, sweetie, are you there? Yeah. Did you have something else you wanted to share tonight? Um, let's see. I was just looking through when you had said that. And I was like, let me look at my poems and see. Do you want me to bring you back on in a minute? All right, all right. Go ahead and find something. Take your time so you're comfortable with it, and we'll come back and get you in just a minute. Okay. All right, sweetheart. All right, so let's go ahead and grab 585. 585, you're on the air. 
Hi. How are you? Sean. Sean. How's it going? It is Sean. I've missed you, sweetheart. I think about you all the time. It's like, where in the hell is my Sean? I'm really, really <laughs> glad you're here tonight. Yep. Yep. I'm glad you're here, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I I have one uh, uh, called um, She She Told Me. She told me that she could never communicate openly with her mother and father. Why can't she? I'm always thinking to myself. Then when I try to communicate with her further, it's like, ah, why bother? I'm just going to hit another boulder. Ah, oh, Sean, it's wild and crazy. This woman will never get it. She wants to be with bricks and boulders and all of these mortars and all of these blocks in front of her. She never can see the miracle within her that gives her the prowess to beat her anxiety and all of the ailments within her and then some. You see, once you wake up to who you really are, you will never go back to sleep. Trust me, from then on, it's never a question of... Oh, I can't communicate. The only way you will be able to is being more transparent from the heart. And it will make more sense to you when you just tune into yourself. You you tune into the core of who you are for your own inner health. To bring the awareness from inside of you to outside of you, all coming from the core of you. And she is always telling me, no, 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 I can't do that right now. I'm not ready. Everybody isn't ready. And then sometimes I just get sick of it. When are you going to be ready for peace? When are you going to know who you are truly instead of just lying to the world? That you are some social worker when actually you are not a social worker you are a family destroyer. You are an agony perpetrator. You are a pity party masquerader. You take pity on yourself every day for being hard of hearing, for having problems and thinking those are the worst, when actually you share them with lots of people the world over. Quit pre pretending that you have it the hardest and use that energy for solutions created by you and could be with other people, other family members, and others that you know, instead of just having them take pity on you for your problems and position in the world that you have now. Society is a lie, and you are the truth. Quit pretending that you aren't. You are only lying to yourself, and this is sad. You just don't want to be ready, when in reality you, all, you really always are. So quit it and stop messing around. And be who you need to be. You see, I pray for you. The healing for you. I want you to have what you need. It's only fair. Spirituality is within you. Healing is within you. So take advantage of it. Water it. And spring it forward. And peace. You know... It reminds me of 
someone I know who, no matter what's going on in the world, they're always the victim. They always play the victim, you know, and everything's worse for them. And you say something and it's a yeah, but, and gets replaced by a story about them and, you know, how it ends up being such a crutch and nothing's ever going to change for me. And, you know, no, nothing's ever going to change for you. Cause you keep saying it's never going to change for you. And, you know, and even in that, they don't care because it's just so easy so easy just yeah. being the victim because you have to take when you're a victim you don't have to take responsibility for anything mm-hmm. you know and yeah. so when you're reading that piece it really reminded me of this person I know that is like that my mother <laughs> yeah. you know and <laughs> just had to throw that out there because you you, you know what you you get what you deserve but yeah you know how it's just it's so easy how that becomes such a such a crutch, a lifestyle, a ingrained part of you that even though you know you're not dumb, you know you can fix things. It's but it's so yeah. easy to just be swallowed and let everything just yeah. I like oh, it. Yeah. I really like that very, one, Sean. It's very easy. It's like it, it and I and I wrote that as like um. It's almost like a an anonymous letter to somebody, and 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 I just it it's it, it yeah it is about some but someone I know, um and someone that's dear to me you know, but um mm-hmm. you know I'm and I don't I just, I could tell I that's why it made it real like, intimate for me my relationship with my yeah, mom yeah because yeah. it's yeah it's it's directly about somebody you know mm-hmm. and I and a lot of times I don't say it like where I'm I'm writing their name in it. I'm I'm making it more there's an esoteric path to follow when they if they were to hear it they yeah. would know. Yeah. The heart of hearing yeah. reference and things like that. Yeah. I love the line in there where you said, um when you and forgive me because I know I'm gonna butcher it, but something along the lines of when you wake up to your real self, you'll never be able to sleep again. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yeah. Well, that was yeah, really that's, good. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if, if somebody, um, yeah, they realize that they actually, like you said, they're not really a victim anymore. They're, they actually are a creator of, you know, solutions too. Uh, and, and a lot of their problems actually lie the solution you know for them and they can create that from a lot of the problems that they have and they may not even realize that at the current state that they are in so that's why i'm saying in there in it that i pray for you i i wish the healing for you and all that too and i'm like saying that there's a lot of positives that can come out of realization and in, in getting to that state because then you you will be like springing it forward and in, in healing you know so mm-hmm. that's where that, that's why I turned it I turned it from me being a little bit angry and then going into like okay I, I'm rooting for you still like I'm you know it's yeah 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah I didn't want to make Are you I just read not like that? trying to make it all like real negative, you know, but it's just, 
You know, let, let me to ask you this though. You, you don't you don't want to make it all negative, and you never want to burn that bridge, and you always want them to know you're on the other side of the bridge with your hand out there for them. And you yeah. are. But how yeah. what how big a part in it is there in you that knows they will never cross that bridge? And that's what's um, really sad. And I think that's kind of the yeah. point of the poem. You know, is the sadness in the fact and your frustration in the fact that it's right here. And yeah. you know they'll never do it. Yeah, and you hope they do, you pray they do, you're standing there with your arms up, you just know they won't. And it's it's just it's oh, yeah. I I definitely got that out of that piece. Great job. Mhm. Yep. So you're gonna uh, read a second one tonight? Uh well yeah, oh and if if I can, but there's uh, Yes. Please. I have I have I have one that's uh called uh, reality. Okay. They tell me that I'm not in touch with reality. Sean, you're not in touch with practical ways of life and money that makes the world go around. Then I say to them that sure green grass is around the earth and is measured. Also, there is a current, surely in the seas, for sure. I would have to be a fool to not know that to be truthful. I can tell people, hey, do you even see all of the colors from your regular eyes of the ultraviolet spectrum? Seriously? They say, of course not, Sean. Well, then how do you know what's practical in reality? Or better yet, possible. It's strange to me how how we get so on what is known to not relish what is un- the unknown or what we think is the unknown. It always can come to you by accepting without labeling when meditating. I'm a portal of what is out there in a channel. See, that's me and my reality of what I make for me. Are you capable of totally leaving your body and then entering back into your body? Or is that something that doesn't even matter to you because you're so focused on only being just a simple man or a woman in physicality, not even caring about what is even bigger than you, even remotely? It's all just so weird to be feeling so alien or foreign to me, quite honestly, what really even is practical or supposed to be practical. What's practical is not practical at all for another or many other people's truthfully. So what really is being in touch with reality? They tell me that I'm diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, long QT heart syndrome, and pervasive developmental disorder. If I even knew what all of these meant, I could care more about them. For I am more interested in being cured than being treated with only my symptoms. It seems just dealing with symptoms has made me into the way that I am currently. And I have been probably for too many lifetimes and vessels before this Sean Kevin Liebel body. Whoa. So you want to be this way again for the rest of this life, really? Is that safer, more practical way of dealing with this reality? Hmm, Maybe. And when I'm speaking of you in this writing, it's the audience who speaks to me from their programming, their conditioned ways of living in subconscious ways. Yet it could even be parents or sisters. Yes, that too. Though so what? For they are told to just merely deal with reality as something that should be just accepted as is because that's just the way it is, logical fallacy. 
See, they are told this by the government, TV, and all kinds of nonsense messages from the so-called real world daily. A rant this can be? Yeah, possibly. But I don't accept the current reality, which is why I have such a hard time dealing with what it is in the light of its darkness, really. Just it wows me and all of its issues, criminality and lying ways. It is so strange to me. Erie Cannell told me even that's reality. Or is it? No, no, I want to change it, I tell them, at the doctor's office. And they respond as long as that is FDA approved. Funny, that nature has to be approved to be accepted and not nearly as embraced in such confusing times of life and to live in it as it is supposed to be. Though it's supposed to be simple to understand. If I want to be simple, I will not question it. Then what is the meaning of reality anyways? I'll tell you the best thing to do is to listen to yourself or that meditative silence, for I can get way more sense from that space than any other space. Compassion, relatability to others on how we are similar and more adaptable to circumstances than anything the mind tells me, listening is surely a part of it, since I can hear you without ears too. Sound goes in through the whole body. What is reality and peace what is reality that perfect perfect anchor for that poem great job sean you're welcome do me a favor tell everyone how to find you hun okay uh scripts.com slash SKL 2012. I've had a Facebook. Sean Weedle on Facebook. I'm on. Let's see. I think. No. Um, SoundCloud. And. Issue.com. My, by my name too. Very cool. All right, my dear. We will see you here next week. Yep. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for being here. We've missed you, hun. Okay. Thanks. Have a great night. You too, Annie. All right. I'm going to go ahead and bring on 706, and then Tamiko, we will get back to you, sweetheart. 706, are you with me? 706, are you there? Cannot hear you. Did you mute yourself? Your hand is up. You got to press the one, 706. All right, 706, I'm going to mute you again, and you can check and see if you've got yourself muted. I'm going to bring Tamiko on, and then I'll come back and check with you. Okay, because I can't hear you. All right. Let's go ahead and if you could hear me, but I couldn't hear you and you're not muted, call right back in. Um, you won't have to wait. Or I'll just come check on you in a minute before you do that. Probably be a better idea. Okay, anyway. Tamiko. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, sweetie. Welcome Hello. back. 
I do have uh, one piece um, I would like to share, and uh, something after that too. Um, is this piece is called Flood? Um, okay, raindrops falling sounds like life. Dry voices all around, then the rain came down. It's a different kind of calm. There's like a couple of drops of lavender oil in the palm. Questions and questions, not all answers. Just listen and watch. Every drop speaks in peace. I love that questions, um, not all answers, or whatever. What was that? What was that line? Questions and questions, not all answers. I love that line. You know, people are so busy running around trying to figure out the answers that it's like sometimes you can just enjoy the beauty of the question. You know, you don't have to know all the answers. You know, sometimes it's just cool to be the question. You know, that that line was really strong to me. I mean, answers are important, but sometimes I think people get too lost in having to know everything that they don't see what the question really is, that the question is the answer itself, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to be all, philosoph- trying to be all philosophical. But, you know, so I, I believe that a lot of times the question is really the answer. But that that makes a very good point. Um, the question I, I understand exactly where you're going with it. The question is what guides us on the path of life. It, it makes the journey interesting. When you have all the, if everybody had all the answers, I mean, <laughs> the the journey would not be, you know, the exciting, scary, wonderful, horrific thing that it is. You know, so. At times for people So mm-hmm. it's like it makes it interesting And just um, If you, tr- you knew every answer To every single question and Yeah it's, it's funny And I hope this doesn't sound Weird or steps on anyone's Toes or beliefs But one of the things that just blows my mind More than anything in the world And you have to understand that my reference Comes from a very extreme case of this But someone you know how religion can Religion can paralyze someone. You know, they're Mm -hmm. so afraid to move because they're standing there waiting so hard and listening so hard and looking for a sign on God's plan for their life that they don't live. You know, I know God has a plan for me. Yes, he has a plan for you. You were given free will, and he gave you the Ten Commandments. Don't pee in someone else's yard. You know, share your cookies, all this stuff. Be a good person. That's his plan for you. Is to live your life, but they're so bi- they're so crippled by waiting for that that plan to be shown to them that they don't live. And living mm. is the answer. I mean that yeah. that is that that is the answer. I knew where you was going with that too, and I and I understand that so much. Being one of those people who would always question that myself, like what is the plan? What is the plan for my life? How you know, I, you don't give. You don't give a submissive creature free will and sitting around and waiting for God's plan, you know, whichever God, you know, 
I believe in all of them. But you know, you're sitting around crippled, waiting for God's plan. You know, you don't you don't give free will to a submissive creature. You're not supposed to be sitting around and waiting for someone to tell you what to do. You're not a submissive creature. Mm. Because really, and I've studied a lot of different religions. I, it doesn't mean I practice them. It's just just out of wanting to know so I can develop mm-hmm. a strong spirit of tolerance. And um, exactly. And uh, because I'm a, I, I can be a nerd like that. Sometimes I just wanted to study. Many different types of religions. I I do that every year. I pick a new religion every year, and that's what I am that year. You know, we always celebrate the same thing, one creation. We aren't celebrating 16 different creations. You know, the, the world didn't start 16 times, so we're all celebrating the exact same thing. It's just like a game of telephone. Mm-hmm. Religions changed according to regions and peoples and beliefs. You know, religion mm-hmm. has changed by man's perspective. And needs. Very true. And very you know, so true. I say Mary. When I say Mary, happy everything. Like you've heard me say earlier on the show, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is I don't mm-hmm. care what you. De- I don't care what. I don't care what you believe. I love you. And what? And I want to <laughs> know what you believe in. Yeah, I get it. Okay, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I, I totally, I totally get that. And and I wanted to develop a strong spirit of tolerance, so I wouldn't be, you know, just angry because this person believes this and they don't do like I do and they don't believe like I believe. I think we miss out on a lot of uh, of, of potential um, friends and love and and wonderful things happening on this planet by doing it. But um, what I was gonna say too is. Uh, one of the things I found in in studying all these things is that no matter what the information is in the sacred text or the tenets of each of the religions, it points you back to you. It, it kind of says all of the answers are inside of you because you are mm-hmm. spirit and you are a human being, but you also have spirit and you have soul inside you and all those answers are inside you, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like it points you back to you anyway. <laughs> it's the huge riddle of life, you know. <laughs> it points you right back to you because it's like it's all inside. You just need to you need to respect and enjoy the gift of life instead of trying to lick the red off the rainbow. You know, you don't have to dissect it; just enjoy it. Dance. Red off the rainbow. I've never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's off a poem I a poem I wrote one time. I had a girlfriend. Oh, she's uh she's got a couple she's got her amazing little quirks that make her her and they frustrate her sometimes. And she says I you know, she's always saying she wishes she could change herself about her. Um and it's like no. You know, if, if you were to change that one thing about you, it's like, lick, and I wrote this poem about her, but basically it's like, you know, if you lick the red off a rainbow, it's going to change every hue because that affects all the colors. You know, it, it's a perfect rainbow because it's per, it's just, you know, be happy to be that rainbow. Your fun bits are not, you know. Don't lick the red off the rainbow because it changes every hue. Yeah. That's a that's a nihilism. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I have for tonight. And um, also, I didn't 
share this last time when I was sharing my website that people can go to to read my poetry. And I always forget to mention this, but um, it's uh, I I had a few poetry books. However, it's only one I'm going to mention because I shady publishing company. However, with the first book, The Cleansing of Me, and it's written under T.L. Barnett, my first two initials, Barnett, it should be at barnesandnoble.com. It might be at barnesandnoble.com. I know that they had sent copies out to Barnes & Noble per my request when the book first came out in 2007. It's all poetry in there. And um, it's a blue cover with a woman's face, like a profile type of picture. And um, it might still be out there that popped into my mind while I was just listening to the rest of the show. And it was just like, just mention that because, you know, if some some are still available out there because they did send actual paper copies to the company. So perhaps they can still be ordered. Please, by all means, get it, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that information with us, honey. That's important. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold so you can listen, okay? Okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, hon. All right. So let's go ahead and check back with 706. 706, can you hear me now or can we hear you? 706, are you there? I hear blips and that's it. So I don't know if you're trying to unmute yourself. So 706, if you can hear me, what I want you to do is I want you to hang up and call right back in, and I'll watch for your line to pop up. All right, I'm going to play an audio track real quick, and then we will come back right to you. All right, so I'm going to disconnect the line. I want you to call straight back in, and I'll be able to pick you up. We'll figure out what's going on here, all right? That's 706. All right, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play a track real quick by by Area Code, not by Area Code. We're going to play a track by Cassandra Tribe called Executioner's Song. And if you don't know who Cassandra Tribe is, you should most definitely Google her, check on YouTube. Just incredible, incredible poet. She's done a couple workshops for us, um, which we've got in the archives. Uh, Just incredible. One was called Binding the Moon and one was called Striking the Match. And uh, both of those will change you as a writer, I'm telling you. So I'm going to play this real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and try to grab 706 again. This is called Executioner's Song. And this was actually played during her Striking the Match workshop. She did a great job producing this all her own on her little home computer. And it's just phenomenal. Here you go, Cassandra Tribe. Worship is midnight, the moon bright hearts of flame. I am the hope of forgotten men, God in a world without blame.
the cross, blankets, body thought. Sometimes it cushions with deed. Food is proof of kindness, kindness bargained for peace. Prayers are said, permission loomed, so it begins. Death enters the room. The life that waited retreats from the world. The soul is forgotten, the body pieced by worms. Death will go back to living until he is needed again. Memory will be argued by no one called a friend. Compared to a soldier fetid for killing in the name of caprice, death in the peace is kept hidden. Blind justice fails its increase. Even on battlefield, there is no faith. Even in war, rules contain blame. At home where soldiers are bootless, death is recruited and paid, service requested and rendered, secrecy hides all blame. Judas fed coins to soil, the only seeds that ever grew, trees to watch the world, and man as he stumbles through. Bright moon finds swaying face to hide and reveal again. Flashes of effort misplaced, spun chance revealed forsaken. In solemn place, the body strapped down and blinded still communicates. Press wafer provides the food, food to assuage the weak, leaving the body hungry, crying one last speech. Bright moon finds swaying face. To hide and reveal again, flashes of effort misplaced, spun chance revealed forsaken. I have gone to husbands who were fathers. I have gone to wives who were mothers, wanting them to serve solid food better. The plate they gave me was empty, though it was turned just so, hoping I wouldn't notice, broke finish, mold, and go. Brother and sister after forgot me and argued on how, when wine had been flowing so freely, their cups were empty now. Not agreeing with any reason, they decided each other to slur, the wine soaked into the ground, no pool of bliss anymore. No one in this world that loves secrets revealed wants to know the why of I am. Even the Christ on the hill was asked the source of his plan. I am the secret son of faith who chose a different stand, following words inspired but written by human hand. My temples shall find in castles filled with forgotten men, each of them sacrifice food to men's growing sin. I am the one who goes on, the one who should be condemned, but I make the sleep of the world quiet, dismissed for kin. One day, the world will go blind, and in blindness, finally see. The flame on my altar will fade, and midnight will never be. Till then, I am always invited, false promise of life believed, for I am the Christ of the chamber. These castles only I enter, yet rule I both now.
awesome piece by Cassandra Tribe. Let's go ahead and grab 706. 706, are you with me now? Yes, I am. How you doing now? Hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I can hear uh, you now. You. Uh, that's great. That is definitely great. You know what this is, right? This is Ivory. My goodness, how are you doing, sweetie? Hey, like I said, I'm blessed. So are you. And I'm just glad I got the opportunity to, you know, to tune in and whatnot. I'm liking what I'm hearing so far when I, you know, the poetry is, like, excellent, you know, the way it's being presented, you know. Thank you. It took me a long time to realize that, you know, poetry didn't have to necessarily rhyme and whatnot, you know. I found that out when um, I started reading Robert Frost, you know, and mm-hmm. I noticed that um, his poetry didn't rhyme and whatnot. And I find it so hard to do that, though. I, each one of my poems, they all rhyme, you know. You know, we so all have a voice that we listen to, and for a long time, especially during the 60s, during the Charles Robowski, all that, that era, it was like they were trying so hard, just like everything that they were doing socially, to break out of the norm, to break the rules right. and rewrite them. And so poetry went through this big thing where it was a no-no to rhyme. You know, if, if right. you rhymed your poetry, you were cheesy. You know, you were a Hallmark poet. You know, I've heard it all because I used to, a lot of my stuff rhymed too until I realized it doesn't have to just like you did. And it really changed the way I write. But I still write with rhymes. And I think that now in the generations that we are now piecing back together the tearing apart that the 60s did, which was, you know, the, the natural progression of evolution, I think that we now, and this show is absolutely a proof of that, how we are all very tolerant of all of our, our voices. You know, if your brain hears in that rhythm, then you write in that rhythm and don't make any apologies for it. You know, if you're a poet, someone's a poet who writes rhymes, that's your voice. Listen to it because it's yours. It's no one else's. But but Mm -hmm. I'm still not able to write poetry without rhyming. And that's still a puzzle to me. You know, that is still a puzzle to me. Do me a favor. I want you to try something for me. All right. I want I want you to think about something, but I don't want you to write a poem about it. I want you to write me a story. So when you sit down to write it, I don't want you to think about writing a poem. I just want you to free write a, write me a story, like it's a, a story I'm going to pick up out of the book and read. Okay. I'm real curious to what kind of a storyteller, what kind of a story writer you would be. So would you do that for me? And then just whenever you're ready, bring it back and read it to me. Make it a short story. Uh, <laughs> no, no epic 97-page story. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, could, I, I think I'd do that for us, you know, like telling my story and whatnot, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, talking about a little bit about, you know, life experience and why not. Write me a story you know, about that. You know. I I have it ready for y'all next week. Well, it's gonna take me some time to even That's think about fine. what I want to put out there. You know. <laughs> but in the meantime I do have I do have two two poems that I uh, that I'm ready to uh, present to everyone and also you. You know I would love to hear them. 
And, Please go um, ahead when you're ready. All right. This first one is my very first poem that I wrote when I was like in a junior high school and it made the school's newspaper. And the reason why it made the front page of school newspaper, the reason why I wrote it because uh, I had got in touch with, you ever heard of The Last Poets? Gil Scott Harrah? Mm-hmm. You heard of Gil Scott, right? And um, they were, he had a group called Last Poets. And, and the things that was going on back then and whatnot, the things he was talking about inspired me to write this one called Blacks. All right, and this is how I go. Black is beautiful, black is together. The blacks say to one another right on a pile to the people walking down the street what I hate when they say to me. Why? Because what happens to that right on a pile to the people when they rob me? Dig that. The man says right on to me, but when he needs that money, he says forget the right on and forget me. Black is beautiful, that is true. But that right on business, I'll forget. How about you? And you wrote that in junior high? Yeah, I wrote that in junior high. Because in the Pretty 70s, profound. that's, yeah, because in the 70s, that's what was going on at that time. You know what I mean? The African Americans, they was walking down the street, yeah, right on, bound to the people. And then at the same time, they robbing each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's instead, besides, you know, listening to Gil Scott, you know, things that he was saying, you know what I mean? Like, you know, 7th Avenue, 8th Avenue, I-N-D-I-R-T, next stop, 125th Street. Um, way back when, W-I-N-D, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> the brother was so deep. You know what I mean? I know you heard that song in the bottle, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, he inspired me to do poetry and whatnot, you know. What's the one? I think writing. my favorite one. He does one. Was it Home is Where? What's it called? Home is Where the Hatred is? Uh, I think that's his. All right, okay. I got to look that up. Tom is where the hatred is. I think I've got, I think the name's right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, he was, he's, he had an incredible life. He was pretty amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He definitely, definitely talked about everything and there was so much truth to his, uh, to his lyrics and whatnot. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, it's uh, and 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 I and I said, hey, that's deep. See, I listen to people and and I listen to poetry, and I kind of like, kind of like, kind of like to want to counteract to what is being said and whatnot. Like this movie that came out called Love Jones with uh, Lorenz Tate and uh, what's her name, Nia Long. Mm-hmm. You ever see that movie? When that movie. Mm-hmm. That was the first. Well, in that movie, they they did a a poetry thing. It was an open mic, and they did poetry to jazz. And I didn't know that poetry could be done to jazz. You know oh, what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, she, so I think she came, no, some lady came on with some sensual stuff to jazz. And then he came on with some sensual stuff to jazz. And it opened me, it opened me along up. You know what I mean? Oh, come on. Jazz sensual. is just sexy anyway, though. You know, yeah, yeah. there's so nothing in the world the right... more sexy than a saxophone. Oh, man. Tell me about it. One of my favorite <laughs> instruments. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. You know, and, and he hit off with this sensual phone, which inspired me to write this call, phone call, Your Love Jones, My Love Bone. I ain't going to get into that one right now. <laughs> I will let that simmer for next week. I will throw that word at you next week. Oh, uh, see, but poetry short playing. One, there you go. <laughs> ah, dang. You know what I mean? got to keep you in suspense. You know what I mean? No doubt. But uh, this next one that I wrote is more uh, about this very extraordinary artist she was, and that's Tina Marie I'm talking about. You know what I mean? That woman was extraordinary. You know what I mean? She had a lyrical voice that was like no other that I have ever heard throughout my life. You know what I mean? And it was sad to lose her so so young. You know what I mean? But she gave so much, you know what I mean, in a short time and whatnot that she was here. You know what I mean? She gave so much. And um, I titled this one Tina Marie. Tina Marie, she was very outstanding in her career. Nothing but hits she was landing. Her unique style, one came close. No one came close. She was complete. All of her performances will always have you on your feet. From slow jams to square biz, no matter what the sound, it was always on the A-list. From behind the groove to make your body move, to fire and desire to get us in that love mood. Tina Marie, a great talent that left a whole lot of love behind, the kind of love that will forever remain on our minds. Tina Marie, you will always be remembered and truly missed. You are with our Heavenly Father now, and that's the true real gift. She was, she was a powerhouse, wasn't she? Uh, awesome powerhouse. I mean, just like you know the most I mean? saucy, saucy, soulful. Just, <laughs> yeah, you know just I, mean? I don't. I don't want to yeah. say the word raunchy because it's not raunchy in the sense of being raunchy, but raw. Just, just such yeah, a powerful, she, raw, real person. Yeah, she was incredible. No doubt. She's incredible. Vocal wise, instrumental wise, she plays more than yeah, lost more her way too soon. Yeah, you know, she played about five or six different instruments in one night, you know what I mean? And just 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 amazing. You know what I mean? So amazing. So listen, you know, I'm glad I got got a chance to, you know, put the voice with the pretty face, you know what I mean? Word up. We've been communicating now for about a year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm you know, so glad you Facebook, finally called you know in. Right? Yeah, no doubt. We've been communicating for about a year on Facebook, going back and forth, you know, my flirting, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> you know, nonstop. I, w- I was never one really? of those girls that got mad when someone whistled at her. You know, right. okay. You know, if right. not, now if they were being rude, then that's one thing. But right. when exactly. someone whistles, that, that's something completely different. You know, I don't. Yeah, I didn't like no the, the leery cat calls. That's just being a, you know. But yeah, when someone no just doubt. a genuine no whistle doubt. or a genuine yeah. flirt, I mean, how the world's yeah. amazing. How yeah. can you not flirt with everything? Everything. Hey. You know, flirt you with know life, man? with smiles, with people, with. Yeah. You know Flirt's I mean? an amazing I, I, word. It, 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 bothers, it bothers me, boy, you know, the the way the way these dudes out here are just totally disrespecting the women out here and whatnot. You know, they mm-hmm. they totally disrespecting Oh, and the women you know, disrespecting no, the men. Well, well, you know what I mean? You know, in this day and age, it's I not just one that. way. I don't feel it's that's true. It's not just one way, but yeah. men supposed to know better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I just see so many women sitting there ragging on their man and then getting mad when their man doesn't act like a man. There's a line in a poem I wrote where it says, uh, how's it go? It goes, women, quit cutting the balls off your man. A lion isn't a lion if he eats from your hand. All right, okay. You know, right. so it's the same thing. You know, stop, stop tearing him apart and then not understanding why he can't stand up and be a man. You know, shut up and let him be a man. You know, if you can make a man feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof, there's nothing in the world that's not yours. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like this here too, you know what I mean? I believe in that saying that uh, behind every successful man, you know, there is a woman or whatnot. You know what I mean? You know, Mm -hmm. And the thing is is that we're supposed to be there for each other, you know, building each other up, you know what I mean, and not tearing each other down or whatnot, you know, you know, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to talk, though, now, word up. And, uh, I'm, I am really glad you finally to- got in, too. Yeah, I'm going to be calling more often, too, you know, right? No doubt. So what you got? I am really glad. Just going to take it easy. What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Before I leave, I want to elaborate on what you said about religion and whatnot, because mm-hmm. that, that was a deep conversation you had with the religion thing. You know, we had to, well, I had to realize that Religion is no such thing as religion, as far as I'm concerned. Personally, it's all about spirituality. Because we are not religion. We are, we, are spir- we are spiritual beings. You know what I mean? I believe religion was created to confuse us on what we really are as spiritual beings. You know what I mean? Spirit, religion was created by man. You know what I mean? God yeah. like me. God, go ahead. Until until I see the original script of whatever the original religion was, as soon as man touched it, it's like I had I had a poem that was it's been it's been uh, published in seven different languages, but okay. when you took the poem and you when they when they took the poem and they they interpreted it uh, translated it into French, the line that said the line that said something oh was it um, I am not here to make the or I'm not here to drink the wine. Was line. I am not here to drink the wine. 
Right. It interpreted into, I'm not here to eat grapes. Okay. So if you read okay. my poem in French, it would make no sense. It's like, okay, well, this lady's weird. Why doesn't she, why isn't she here to eat grapes? Who doesn't like grapes? Why doesn't she like our grapes? Send her back to America. Um, but, you know, it's, as soon as somebody touches something, as soon it's up to their interpretation. So that's how religions, I believe, changed from different parts of the world because they were all interpreted. They were all retold. They were all remade by the person whose mouth Amen. or hand wrote it. You know, so I think Amen. that we all Amen. celebrate the same thing. But religion now... Yes serves man. Man no longer serves religion. And the honest to God truth is, honest to God's truth is, or goddesses, right. that none of us will know, none of us are right, first of all, and none of us will know the truth until the day we die. So yeah, embrace everything, love everything. Lo- I mean, all religions teach that. Mm-hmm. Love each other. So that is the one common message. So do it. It doesn't matter if you're the same religion as I am or you believe the same thing or you're going to eat goat on that day, but you can't have, you know, you can't eat lizard tails on that day. And, you know, and, and you kneel that direction and I stand and it doesn't matter. Just love each other. Right. It doesn't. Okay, I'm done. It Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter because of the fact that, you know, it's just like in, 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 the, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, when. We say make it on earth as make it on earth as it is in heaven. The only way that's going to happen is you start thinking heavenly things on earth. You know what I mean? That's the only way that's going to happen. That's the only way heaven is going to be like it. You know, be earth is going to be like heaven because you got to think heavenly things on earth. You know, if you look at the Bible and it says love thy neighbor, I have never in my life met more judgy people. Right. And, oh, yeah. and they're not all that way. I have to say that they're not all that way, and they know they're not all that way. But I have ne- right, never right. met more judgy people than those who are so deeply enwoven into their religion. Yep. You know, and a religion right. that teaches you you're supposed to love your neighbor, not love your neighbor if they have azalea bushes like you do, and, and don't love your neighbor if right. they don't have a yappy dog. There were no conditions. Right. Love no condition. your neighbor. Exactly. Love your neighbor. You know, there was no amended. Exactly. There was no asterisk there. There's no added text. Love thy neighbor. Period. That's it. Period. Yeah. That's all it is right there for real. You know. Can I give you one more before we leave? Please, yes. All right. This one here is called Picture Heaven. All right. Picture Heaven as a sunlight that never goes down. Picture Heaven with friends all around. Picture heaven with family, friends, and associates. Picture heaven where everyone notices. Mm. Wow. Got to keep keep that forefront. You know what I'm saying? About what life is all about. You know what I'm saying? Got to keep that forefront. You know what I'm saying? I do indeed. All right, my love, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come over and find you and hook you up into their little poetry circles and all that good stuff. How they can get to know you better. Well, I don't. I don't have too much, uh, too much uh, area where I can be found. I can basically be found right now just on Facebook, on my Facebook page, Ivory Stinson, and um. I got a, a page called Poetry Lane. They can uh, they can find me through there. 
you know, like poetry lane where mm-hmm. I have a list of all most of my not all my poetry, but most of my poetry that uh, that I have written and whatnot. You know. I'm trying to get I I'm trying to get out there but it's hard. It's just like with my music and whatnot, you know. With my lyrics as far as hip hop is concerned, you know. I'm I'm trying to get that out there because of the fact that everything that's out there is so negative, you know what I mean? The killing this, killing that. I got your girl lying on a back (laughs) crap. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's crazy, you know what I mean? And this is why it's so hard for me to get my, you know, my hip-hop thing out of here because the industry is built on negativity. Negativity sells it's not like back in the day, you know. What Dirty I mean? laundry, uh, sex, uh, uh, all of that yeah. sells. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like when it first came out with KRS-One and uh, Oh, can you imagine taking a PS4? Can you imagine taking a PS4 with, oh, what's that car, that car game? Car game? It's a game where you drive, you're driving. Grand Theft Auto. Imagine taking a PS4 with Grand Theft Auto and putting it in a home on the TV in the 1950s. All right. Imagine the well, parents' face. Imagine the kids' face. As you you run around blow up cop I, cars and stuff. All right. Okay. I, imagine I imagine taking something from now or MTV. Imagine taking MTV and putting it back in a Victorian parlor. <laughs> Saying this is your future, ladies. <laughs> yeah, that is no doubt. Just a total shock. You know? Yeah. And, and and think about it. It's sad because it's destroying the youth mind. You know what I mean? I mean, I you know these you know these kids they can hear a negative song one time, and the next time they hear, they know it word for word. So I tell them, I say, listen, if you take all that energy that you put in listening to that negativity and put it into the classroom, you'll all be geniuses. You know what I mean? They would be geniuses. Yeah. Yep. You know? Well, my darling dear, I am really excited that after a year, this is why I'm so persistent because I know I wear you down eventually. I'm really glad that you finally called in <laughs> and I got a chance to talk with you and to hear that and, and have this discussion it. because it's just been amazing. And it's I just appreciate you. I've, your friendship, great. you know, the random questions, which car do you like or would you drive this car or, you know, and then I go into this great big, huge, long detail about, yeah, I want the Jeep, man. Uh, okay, you want the Jeep. Remember that? that? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. He yeah, sent me this I picture of this amazing sports car and says, you know, can you, yeah, something about, exactly. can you picture yourself driving this? And it's like, no, this. Right. And I sent this picture of this, you know, yeah. brand new, no, off the road, Jeep. red Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on a mountain cliff sideways, hey, you know. <laughs> hey. See, that's, that's, like I told you, I, I love your originality. You know what I mean? You're original. Aww. You know what I mean? It's definitely original. There's only one you. There's no <laughs> other you but you. For real. You know? well, I appreciate you so much, and I've appreciated your friendship, and I, it really means a lot that you I called in tonight and shared, too. and I really would love to have you come back and share again, baby. Yeah, I'll be there next week. Awesome. I got to hit you with that. I got to hit you with that. Your love, Jones, my love, home. 
Okay. All right. All right. It's a deal. All right. All right. right. Have a good night. Thank you, sweetheart. You have a good night and Merry Happy Everything to you. All right. You too. You too, honey. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to thank all of you for being here tonight. It has been amazing. And I am going to close the show with a piece by Derek Williams called Terra Firma. Uh, if you didn't catch our prompts at the beginning of the show, just come back and listen to them in the archives. You'll be able to write them down and maybe make a little bit more sense out of them than when I try to explain them. But, uh, yeah, it's been a great night, and I appreciate you all being here, both readers and listeners. So we will see you next week. Here's Derek Williams once again with Hera Firma. Good night, everybody. Merry, happy, everything. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.